Welcome to Homeschool Your Way, the upbeat, open-minded podcast that informs and affirms your choices about your kids' education. We'll provide a buffet of ideas to inspire you to homeschool your way, because your way is the best way. All of the content on the Homeschool Your Way podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The views expressed by the hosts or guests of the show are not necessarily endorsed by Bookshark. Welcome to another episode of Homeschool Your Way. We're your host, Didi and Jimena. Also known as the Chips and Salsa Ladies from Chips and Salsa Homeschooling. We're so happy to be here with you today. Today we're going to be talking about teaching music and art in our homeschool. This has been some of the best memories that we've made with our kids is teaching music and art and music and art appreciation as well. Yes, it's been so great, so enriching and fun, and it has really uh, made some really beautiful memories. Mm-hmm. We are so excited to talk about this topic today, but first, we're going to have our hack of the week. Kelsey, one of our Instagram and Facebook followers, wrote in and said that she is a very busy mom. She's a working mom of two, and she has a very busy, active lifestyle. So to ensure that she has what she needs, she keeps tissue, chapstick, a mask, Ricolas, and hand sanitizer in almost every bag she uses. She uses her gym bag, her backpack purse, her regular purse, and her work backpack almost daily. So this way, she only has to move her wallet, her keys, and her phone. I love this hack. It's so smart. And you know, I love purse organizing. In fact, uh, it was years ago, I didn't even know that purse organizing was important. I know. And I was always a mess. Yeah, so was And I. then one of our girlfriends taught me how to put things in containers or in little bags inside of your bag. Yes. Genius. And one of my girlfriends, too, told me the same thing, and it was really cool. Like, she wrote it even on her blog. And then we were both on a hunt for these little, uh, what do you call it? Like, just... Little bags in a bag? I guess. <laughs> kind of like a makeup bag yeah, or... Yeah, yeah. Toiletry bag. You remember how much we looked for these yes, bags? Yes, yes. Well, we finally found the bags, guys. And so, same thing, just like Kelsey, we have our toiletries, our chapstick, all the things that we would need in a little toiletry bag inside our purse. And so, we just switched that out. Yeah, I love the way that her bag is basically set, and then she just puts her wallet and her keys. Um, so, however, you can organize it so that you don't end up going, oh, that's in my other bag. Yes, which was typical before. Right. And I had lipsticks, different kinds of lipsticks everywhere. It was just terrible. Yes. Well, that was smart, too. She has a chapstick in every purse, and I don't have that. So I am always like, oh, my ch- lipstick's in my other... Well, well, I'm just wearing chapstick right now. <laughs> or, oh, I have my lip liner and no lipstick. So <laughs> There you go. I guess I have a little bit more organizing to do. So thank you, Kelsey, for sharing that great hack. And if you have a hack that you want to share with us, go to bookshark.com slash podcast and let us know. We'd love to feature it here on one of our episodes. So let's get into our topic because I just think this is such an important part of our homeschool is teaching music and art. And we've done a lot of music and art with the history that we teach, which has been just so culturally enriching and so much fun. So we want to talk to you about 
the benefits of teaching art and music because there's a lot. Yeah, it really is a privilege to be able to teach our kids this. I remember going to school and being so frustrated. You know, I'm a musical person mm-hmm. and I'm a person who loves art. And I come from a, a line of artists and photographers. And the fact that my schools, even the private school that I went to for elementary and junior high, didn't have a good music and art program, it was hard for mm. me. I wanted so badly to just do art and sing something other than Irish songs. <laughs> Irish songs? That's what they would teach me in Florida. Yes. Wow. It was hilarious. And, um, you know, and church songs and stuff, which were fine, but I just wanted, you know, to learn about different things. And we never got to that. I did get that in high school. And let me tell you, it rocked my world. I loved every minute of my art instruction. I learned so much from my art teacher. And so now with our kids, when my children were in public school, it was the same thing. We had to fundraise so much, and they would get one art class a month. Oh, wow. Or one music uh, class, you know, every three months or whatever. And it was just disheartening. Mm-hmm. So how amazing that now that we homeschool, we get to have the reins on that, and we get to implement what we think is important. And we're going to talk about the benefits, just like Didi was saying. We have so many benefits to share with you because there is a lot of value in teaching art and music. Well, I love that you brought up how your parents were artists or are artists because your parents are amazing artists. My parents are artists. So we really do come from a musical and artistic background already. So I think we're a little biased, but wait till you hear these benefits because even if you're not from a musical or artistic family, you might see that there's value in it for your family as well. Well, let's talk about the benefits of teaching art. So there have been a lot of studies that show that students that study art perform better in math, reading, and writing. So that means that their reading and cognitive development has been increased when they, you know, are engaging in art. And it has also increased their SAT scores because it's increasing their verbal skills and their verbal abilities. So isn't that crazy? Even SAT scores. That is so awesome. So this is doing art as well as art appreciation or viewing art, that sort of thing? I would say so because you're analyzing, you know, you're appreciating it, and then you're getting your hands in it. I think all of that is really valuable. I read somewhere that it was something like, four times, like the SAT scores were four times higher wow. than people that did not engage in art. Isn't that crazy? That is. Number two, visual arts have a positive impact on students' ability to organize their writing in a more sophisticated manner. Ooh, I like that. Well, I can totally see that because when you are planning your art piece, mm-hmm. There does take some, you know, organizational skills, right? You you do need to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? What media am I going to use? All those things. And that can translate into, into writing. Wow. That is so awesome. And the sophistication piece, too. You know, you, you I think you definitely become a, a deep thinker when you're doing art, no matter what. Whether you're observing it, studying it, or doing it. That's going to translate into your writing as well and be able to, you know, write in a deeper manner, which I guess is sophistication. Number three, behavioral benefits. Wow. 
So there are other studies that show that students have developed an improved understanding of social relationships and complex emotional issues simply by doing art. We're talking about better behavior and communication overall. That made me think about the studies on charter schools. Uh, Specifically in New York, there's this charter school that's taken a lot of inner city kids Mm -hmm. and really giving them this really enriched and sophisticated, if we want to keep using that word, education Mm -hmm. where the kids are engaged in not only their academic studies, you know, traditional academic studies, but the arts and the sciences and music. And they are killing it as far as scores go, you know, really um, advancing their education greatly. Yeah, when we were doing research for this, I read that it's like the social economic impacts that it has on these kids that come from inner cities or low-income populations, like it's crazy. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really does help close in that gap because you're just talking about a more well-rounded, enriching education. But also in doing some research for this episode, we saw that they actually did a study about the link between um, art study and like social infractions. Mm. And the people that were in, like taking art lessons had way less social infractions. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the, the definitely affects it. I have no idea how, but I'm assuming that when you're happy and relaxed, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to doing art as well, you know, emotionally, just when you're there being creative. Well, yeah. And this study said there was more development in your complex emotional issues. Right. So really, I think when somebody is maybe beating up other kids or being a bully, right? They obviously have emotional problems they're not dealing with. So yeah. number four, observational skills. So when we're painting or drawing, our eyes are really drawn to those details. And this develops in the children or in the students, the ability to be more observant in our normal life, in nature. No, oh, yeah, and be detail-oriented. I've seen this in our kids all the time. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, watch, look how that like bends over, and look at how the sun creates the shadow and, and the tree. All that stuff comes from observing art. Another benefit is it enhances creative problem-solving. And that's really a life skill. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I remember my um, teacher never letting me throw away a painting or never letting me cover it, you know, with a bunch of paint or just the frustration that would come when things were not coming out the way that I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. Um, He was like, no, sorry, you have to keep working on it. I want you to do it until it's over. And it, it was hard. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie, but it really taught me discipline and it taught me to not give up and not uh, let my feelings, you know, impact my art, but rather have a problem-solving attitude. And we've talked about that with our kids, too. You know, we've seen some things with our children when they get frustrated and then they start crying because they don't like it. And it takes problem-solving skills to get past that. Yeah, and not letting them tear up their art and, you know... <laughs> scribble all over yeah. it or whatever, but say, no, how can we fix this? How can you move it around? It It's art. You could work with it and create something. Maybe it's not exactly what you first imagined, but it can still be something great. Right. Something new to be birthed out of that um, piece. 
And another thing is appreciation of nature. Like you were saying, it's just noticing the details in the trees and the water and the way the sun sparkles. You know, those things really give you an appreciation for how everything is so beautifully made. I agree. And number seven, it develops the whole person. And this is probably the most important one because everything that we've talked about really falls under this umbrella, right? Um, If we are not developing the whole child, the whole brain, then we're going to have a fragmented education. And honestly, I've talked to some of my friends that are brain experts, and they say how just it overall um, helps with brain integration. Mm Mm-hmm. And also overall knowledge and culture. Yeah. So you are a well-rounded person. Oh, yeah. We see that all the time. I mean, little Einstein started it. (laughs) We continued it. That's right. Well, it was so great. Over the weekend, my kids were involved in this big event, and there was a trivia section. And my daughter and son were so thrilled when they were asked, Who was the composer of The Nutcracker? And they knew because of Miss Jimena's awesome music classes that it was... Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. (laughs) And oh my gosh. First of all, that they were able to like just pull it out of nowhere, right? And then just the thrill that they won the grand prize. And they owe it all to homeschooling in the end. I love that. They made me proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my kids were killing it with trivia, too, on our New Mexico vacation. We were playing a bunch of trivia games. And, and I do owe it all to homeschooling, I have to say. All right. Well, now let's talk about the benefits of teaching music. So number one, it improves fine motor skills. Now, we're talking about music instruction right now. You know, if you're playing violin, you're playing guitar, piano, it always is going to improve your fine motor skills. But there's also benefits in music appreciation, which is also on our list here. So number two, great for brain integration. So I feel like playing an instrument and listening to music helps with your brain integration. Absolutely. And again, this is reiterated by brain experts. It's always, it's going to light up all your brain highways (laughs) Mm -hmm. on both sides of your brain. That's crazy. I don't think anything does that other than music, which is amazing. Number three, it develops coordination and gross motor skills. Who would have thought? (laughs) Well, I know, I, I think we both took our kids to a music in motion type of class when we had toddlers. I used to teach kinder music. Oh, well, there you go. And our kids got to do that. um, And they get the kids moving to the music, you know, banging on some drums or beating sticks together. And then stopping. Like all that takes coordinating. And it's so fun. So that's a great activity to do with your toddlers or your babies and getting them used to moving with music, listening to music and making music. Oh yeah. The brain development benefits are through the roof. Then number four, develop a growth mindset. It really takes patience and perseverance to learn an instrument. But when you overcome that hump, you feel accomplished. And I have a story about this because my son was determined 
to figure out this chord on the guitar. And I kept telling him, tomorrow you will get it. Mm-hmm. Like, let your brain settle in on what you learned already. Yeah. And tomorrow you'll get, no, no, I got to get it. His fingers are hurting and he's all frustrated. But when he got it, it was like the switch like went on and then he could play the guitar. It was like he went from not being able to play, yeah. had that frustrating moment, and then he could play. I love that. And and it's true. It, the persistence, the patience, all of that you just really um, develops that growth mindset that we are always talking about in homeschool, mm-hmm. you know, because you know that you weren't able to do it, but now you're able to do it. Yeah. And if you haven't checked out our growth mindset episode, that is a really great episode and really helps us with our own mindset and helping the children to develop that growth mindset. I love it. Number five, it boosts self-esteem for the same reason, I mm-hmm, think, mm-hmm. you know, and there are other reasons. I mean, who doesn't like musicians? <laughs> I mean, I married one, so. <laughs> Me too, especially when you're a teenager. Right. <laughs> Number six, introduces different cultures and societies. And this is what we were talking about a little bit about incorporating our music and art study into our history, which has just been really enriching. Oh, yeah. Learning world music, understanding where things come from, the influences, all that just opens a whole new world. Number seven, social skills and teamwork. I mean, if you're going to play in a band, it's going to take social skills and it's going to take teamwork because I've been in bands where there are neither of these. And believe me, it's not a fun experience. Well, my husband always says either the group of people is good, the money's good, or the music is good. If you have all three, amazing. Amazing. But you have to have at least two. I agree. So if you have a bad group of communicators mm-hmm. and they're not team players, forget that gig. Yeah. Well, and I also let's talk about work ethic because let me tell you, it's hard to find musicians with good work ethic. I mean, we know this in a professional career. And so if we can teach our kids this, they're going to have an amazing career. And not only that, that's going to translate to everything else they do. Oh, yeah. You'll always be able to make money if you have some communication skills. Agreed. Number eight, improves math skills and problem solving. I mean, this is true. If you are learning actual music notation, math has everything to do with it. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. It kind of hurts my brain a little bit when I start going deep into music theory. (laughs) Yeah, but there's also something about just the development of number sense and rhythm that comes just naturally Yeah, with music. Agreed. Well, and just to piggyback on that, it improves overall intelligence and IQ. There have been studies that prove this, so. Well, and you think about all the world leaders in history, most of them are musicians. Yeah, it's crazy. Number 10, it enhances critical thinking skills. Again, because of the complexity of music and just how to, you know, perform a piece or even create a piece or even listen and analyze a piece, that's going to take critical thinking. Oh, yeah. And improving language skills, right? We got lyrics and that's basically poetry. And you're analyzing the lyrics. I know my son has... He has a phenomenal memory, okay? Mm -hmm. But he will know all these rap songs. 
He knows so many rap songs. And he doesn't just memorize it, okay? He's like, Mom, you've got to listen to the words, okay? <laughs> you have to hear the meaning of the song. Well, we can't dismiss the things that are written because there, there have been so many teaching opportunities for me when we're listening to a, a lyric. And they're like, what does that mean, Mom? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're referencing this quote from this poet from this, you know, long ago, or they're referencing this historical moment. I mean, there's so many great things, yeah, especially in hip hop, you know, but oh, there yeah. are so many great lyrics out there um, that are teaching opportunities. And so that's definitely going to open up their world. And if you can teach through songs, I've done this before, where I've taught like through song lyrics, mm-hmm. and it's been great. My One of my most memorable um, assignments when I was little, well, I was in sixth grade, was my teacher saying, okay, you're going to take Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. You know that song? Mm-hmm. We Didn't Start the Fire. Okay. So it's it's just listing all of these world issues. You're going to take one of them and you're going to write a report about it. You know, um, And I still remember that. And when I talk to my friends from sixth grade, they still remember that. Um, assignment. And then I did it with my own daughter last year, which was awesome. That is so cool. You can teach anything through anything. Right. I just recently heard that. And it's so true. Just taking the opportunity, noticing something that is happening in our organic life, and then using using that to be a teaching moment. So fun. Yeah. And then last but not least... Boost endorphins. Music is just fun. Oh, yeah. So anytime that you are going to hear music, listen to music, or say to your kids, we're going to do an assignment about music, it's going to be fun. And it's going to boost endorphins. Like we said, we are a little biased because we are musicians. But, you know, we're going to get to the practicality of teaching music and art in our next segment. So definitely don't go away. done for myself and my kids. That's what Dana said. And Tracy says, I definitely regret not starting Bookshark sooner. It has been such a great fit for our family. I couldn't agree more, Jimena. I have loved Bookshark so much. Me too. So friends, if you're wondering how you can jump on this Bookshark bandwagon, well, you can start by heading to bookshark.com. On the Bookshark website, you can request a free print catalog. So fun to browse a real magazine. Yes. Download samples and see scope and sequence charts of what's taught at each level. There's also a blog at bookshark.com slash blog with hundreds of articles written by dozens of authors. The Bookshark site just has so much free information about how to teach your kids at home, whether you use Bookshark or not. Well, here's another example. You can get free unit studies and try out the Bookshark way of literature-based learning at bookshark.com slash freebies. And Dee, you know how much I love unit studies. Me too. The new unit study for 2021 is about volcanoes. Yay! Well, let me share just two more quotes. Jill says, we switched to Bookshark language arts this year. This has been the best decision ever. We love how everything ties together. I can't tell you how grateful I am for Bookshark. We are looking forward to adding more subjects next year. And Catherine says, pulling my kids out of public school and getting Bookshark's full program saved our sanity. It was the best parenting decision we have made. We are so much happier now versus the kids staring lifelessly at screens all day. 
the open and go component, and high quality literature for science, history, and language arts is amazing. Yes, and we've seen this ourselves with families that we recommended Bookshark to. Their kids were having such a hard time with distance learning and they made the switch. And they love it. So if you want to see if Bookshark is the best fit for your family, like it has been for these moms, then visit bookshark.com to get that free catalog and then add slash freebies to get free unit studies. Welcome back. This episode is all about teaching art and music in our homeschools. So in the first segment, we shared some awesome benefits, and now we're going to get into the practical ways that you can incorporate art and music in your homeschool, and we're going to share a little bit of our own experience. But first, we are going to talk about our weekly reflection. Well, this week, I want to talk about the book, The Brave Learner by Julie Bogart. So I've been reading this a little bit in spurts here and there. I got it all wet because I was reading in the pool. (laughs) Nice. There's a section here called Bellows or Bucket of Water. Ooh, what does that mean? And this really had me just stop for a second because oh. <sighs> if you're a parent with the bellows, you'll notice the energy of the writing, the powerful language, the congruence between original characters and the child's depiction, the imagination, the sheer wonder that your child took to initiate the writing. So we're talking about when they turn in a writing piece. Right. Right. But what do you think you do when you have the bucket of water? Oh, well, I, I, probably everything I've done. But if you're a bucket of water-bearing parent, you'll miss the creativity, the narrative, and the risks. Instead, you'll notice the capital letters. You'll worry about that it's no clear ending. The insider jargon will puzzle you, and you won't be able to stop yourself from saying so. Even if you see the brilliance in the story, you may worry. How do I help this genius continue? Shouldn't he do something more with it? Oof. Oh, That hurts. It does. I've done that so many times. I've doused my kids' creativity by correcting capital, missing capital letters and spelling mistakes and I wanted to bring that today, just talking about being the kindling to keep the fire going versus being the dousing the fire mom who... (laughs) The grammar Nazi. Yes! I know. I think... I think it's a matter, we don't do it on purpose. No, you know? of course not. We all want our kids to love learning. And this is really what the book's about. Like, how do you get your kids to love learning, to just run with those passions? Yeah. Well, we can't just squash all the things they're interested in. We have to, we have to be flexible, right? Yeah. We have to help them learn the things they need to learn through the things they already love. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is fear gets in the way sometimes. So it all stems from fear. We're looking at our kids, how they're writing all big, how there's no space between their words, how it's confusing, you know, the introduction isn't very strong, they're not writing with capital letters, and then we don't see the, the brilliance of it, and we start going into editor mode. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, that's inspired me because now, I mean, it also made me feel a little guilty, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But it's a good guilty. It's like, okay, I got to get my act together. Well, that's why we need these kind of things, right? This is what the reflection moment is all about. It's about saying, how can I tweak what I'm doing to be better? Yeah, I love it. Well, if you have a reflection that you want to share with us, please go to bookshark.com slash podcast. We'd love to hear your aha moment, a reflection, a quote, or a book that you're reading. We want to hear it all. Okay, so let's get back to our topic. Today, we're talking about teaching art and music in our homeschool. And we talked about all the amazing benefits, okay, in the first section. And man, that has me so inspired. Like, I need to even do more music and art. (laughs) I know, it's so good. And now we're gonna talk about the practicality of how we can incorporate this on a regular basis. And so maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed because you're not artsy or musical. Bear with us because we have some good tips for you. Yeah, there are so many resources. So number one, you can just kind of outsource it, right? If this is not for you and you're not able to do it yourself, well, there are formal instruction classes that you can, you know, register your kids in, whether it's in person or online. We know we use OutSchool a lot because it's, um, you know, easy. You do it from home. And there are things that, that are very valuable there. And our kids, we homeschool through a charter school, and our kids have had a learning center, which is like an enrichment class that they've gone to for years now with the same art teacher. And they've learned so much with her. It's been really great. And then number two, co-ops or just finding another friend is a great way to stay consistent with your art and music. And this really has been... Uh, so great for me to have Jimena in my life for the art and music because sometimes I want to do something and I just don't get around to it. Yeah, I mean, that's really how our co-op got started. It was like, how can we do tea and poetry? How can we do music? How can we do art and stay consistent? Accountability works. So um, we've done that and we've had some amazing um, just experiences If you visit our Instagram, you'll see some videos that we recorded of songs that we did with our kids this last year, and it was just so memorable. It's all on our IGTV, and we did the decades, and they all performed them. They learned it and performed them, and they're really awesome. Number three, you can just buy a homeschool curriculum that teaches art. Or music. Yeah. We know that Bookshark uh, has an art curriculum option. And we've used it before, and it's awesome. So, you know, you don't have to teach it all. And those come with DVDs a lot of times. You know, there are, there are many ways in which you can incorporate this without you having to know it all. We've also used the Meet the Great Composers curriculum that come with CDs. Yeah. And it kind of just takes you through a period of music, which has been so great. So oh, yeah. classical music. We did one on jazz music. Really um, easy to follow curriculum. Yeah. And so that might not necessarily be music instruction, but it is music appreciation, which we find just as valuable. But for music instruction, again, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, schools, even if your kids are older, I mean, they can go to community college and take a piano class or private instruction. Well, I remember when I was in fourth grade, we all took the recorder. So it didn't necessarily teach us an instrument we were going to use, but it did introduce us to music theory and just some 
general knowledge about music and then being able to translate that onto a simple, you know, cheap instrument, that is valuable. Right. Well, and if you're asking yourself right now, like, well, what about, okay, if I, if I buy like a homeschool curriculum that teaches us how to play the guitar or whatever, but I don't know how to play it. Well... And that leads us to our next point. Yes, learn together. I mentioned earlier about my son learning guitar. Well, I was learning guitar. And he was probably, I don't know, four years old, five years old. I was learning guitar. And because I was learning, the kids were naturally just picking it up. And I was able to show him what I knew. And then he surpassed me. Yeah, amazing. And... It was, it's so fun to learn together, but then also to see your kids grow in their natural gifting was so fun. Yeah, I, uh, you know, my kids took formal piano and um, I'm so bummed that they have kind of abandoned it, but I'm learning myself. Like I'm self-taught piano player. I'm not proficient or anything, but I'm always on YouTube trying to figure out how to do things. I'm always talking to like your husband and other people like, teach me this, teach me that, you know, observing. And I think that modeling that for our kids too will inspire them to also keep going. And if we're doing it together as a challenge, you know, then that's even better. And gosh, there's, we have so many YouTube um, instructional classes right now that you can just glean from. There's so many great programs out there that are free. Oh, yeah. I mean, YouTube can be your instructor for music or for art. And we've had really great, and there's so many painting oh, yeah. tutorials on YouTube, and we've done a few with the kids. Yeah. And those are amazing. I want to do more of those myself, but of course I'll let the kids paint too. (laughs) And then there's always Bob Ross who talks like this and puts you to sleep and tells you to paint happy little trees. Uh, But I mean, you come out with some nice art. I love it, but that's what I'm saying. There's so many resources. (laughs) Well, number five, encourage creativity by having art supplies and instruments available to enjoy on the regular. This is really important. Even if it's not your formal instruction, just to have it there for them to be creative, that is going to, um, you know, take some pressure off of you and also encourage them to be more creative. And it's going to still bring about all the benefits that we talked about. If you listen to our series about the different homeschool approaches, the Montessori episode talks about how they allow the children the freedom to get their art supplies or some schools or homes have the art supplies out for the students all the time. And I just think this is such a great thing because when you're inspired, sometimes the hurdle is just getting the stuff out. Yeah, I agree. I told myself this summer that I was going to take out my easel. I mean, it's all there. Right. But I I said I was going to set it up so that I could just go in and start painting. And then I never did. And so, yeah, crossing that hurdle is a big deal. Um, So definitely having everything out, having every, definitely having everything out, everything available will, you know, allow for more creativity. Yeah. The quicker you can go from, I feel like painting to painting, the more likely you're going to do it and you're going to do it more often, right? And the same thing with music. If your instrument is in a case, tucked under your bed or high up in your closet, you're not going to play it. 
the inst- our instrument, our we have a wall of guitars. We have drums in the living room, piano, yeah. keyboard set up right now because one of the keys is messed up. <laughs> it's just the music room because when inspiration hits, we want to just do it. Oh, yeah. If I didn't have my piano in my living room, I would probably never play piano. Yeah. Imagine if your keyboard's in a case under your bed. It's going to stay there. <laughs> exactly. So... Finding a way to have the art and the music available, easy to access, makes a world of difference. That might be worth this whole episode. (laughs) Right? And then number six, incorporating the art and music as an extension of what you're already doing. And we love to incorporate it with our history because then we're not only introducing the kids to music and art, but music and art from different cultures, different time periods, different regions of the world. It's so fun. It's been great. So we've done a few things um, throughout the years, and we want to share that with you. We did the whole, you know, Meet the Classical Composer series. And what we learned, um, we were doing history from the Renaissance, you know, to the classical period, Baroque period, all that stuff. And so we learned um, each month we would just study a composer. You know, but it doesn't end there. Like we do it during co-op, but then at home, we're playing this composer while we're doing math. We're playing the composer while we're, you know, they're doing the independent work or while we're cleaning or whatever it is. And so then it's just like they're submerged in it, right? And it does just open up your eyes to the timeline and how music evolved and has been changing and the influences. And it's, can you tell I'm passionate? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we did world music that one year, remember? Yes. Well, we talked about the Gregorian chants, and we talked about the different types of instruments that came from different countries. And YouTube, again, has these videos with people playing these different kind of instruments that we don't necessarily have access to. So amazing. What about when we did Bookshark, the Eastern Hemisphere? That was one of my favorite years of homeschooling, honestly. It was so fun. We took a country for each co-op, so one country a month, and we cooked the food of that country. We listened to the music the music of that country. We did art project and learned about an artist from that country and a poem from a poet from that country. Yeah. And, man... That was life-changing. It really was. So like I said, we've studied art from ancient times, from medieval times. And then this last year, we did decades for modern um, art and modern music. And so what we did was we studied how the impact of music within history or the impact of history on music. I mean, there's so many great examples. Like you talk about the Roaring Twenties and how music recording started, you know, and the inventions that Thomas Edison um, made, created in order to uh, push music forward. And the music industry was born. And then we got the 80s, we got the 70s, we got the protest music of the 60s. You know, we have, it's just so many things to learn, even World War II music, you know, so many things that we can learn that you can pair up with Um, history. And you do not have to be a musician to teach this. And there are so many resources, like we said, um, you know, YouTube, things that you can do. And so what you're doing is you're expanding your child's education by using 
you know, a simple tactic. Yeah, it's really fun. Jimena already mentioned our Instagram videos where the kids are singing the songs from the different decades, but everybody can sing. Mm -hmm. And so that is a great way to learn about the music from the different decades. But also this year, I felt like was one of the first times that I really thought about architecture as art. Mm -hmm. And as we were studying through uh, our history curriculum, looking at the world wars and um, kind of modern world history, we also looked at uh, architecture from different countries and different time periods. And that was, that is also art appreciation. Oh, absolutely. Even learning about artists, you know, because they have a lot to do with history and the influence and the impact that, that, you know, um, expressing their thoughts oh, yeah. on, on certain time periods and certain movements, all of that is integrated. So we can't separate it or dismiss it. Also, listening to music. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just leave it at that if you wanted to. If you go to our Chips and Salsa homeschooling profile on Spotify, we have so many lists that we've made throughout the years um, because, like I've said before, while we're learning, let's say, music of the 30s, I'm creating a playlist for my kids to listen to and to do chores with every morning, mm-hmm. 30 minute playlists. And so then these songs would just become repetitive and they, and they understand different decades. And now they're able to recognize, oh, that sounds like it's from the 30s, mom. Oh, that sounds like it's from, you know, the 60s. And they're able to recognize artists. All of that has a lot of value to it. And you do not have to have any talent to listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, I'm so grateful for all of the art and music that we've exposed our kids to, and I've grown so much. And that's why I think one of the greatest benefits of homeschooling is learning alongside our kids. I agree. I have one little thing I want to share. Okay. Because I've always been so proud of my kids and their music knowledge and just how much they, um, you know, make me proud and trivia games and whatever. Well, we were playing we were playing Cranium and they didn't recognize she'll be coming around the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and my family was really hating on me. And I was like, but they know so many so much more music. <laughs> I just forgot to teach them the kids songs. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, I yeah, I don't think little Einstein ever did coming around the mountain. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> uh, well, those are our tips. And we hope that you have found them helpful. We hope that this episode will motivate you, will inspire you to include art and music into your curriculum any way that you see fit. So you can homeschool your way. Until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.